Welcome to the Miles Not Included podcast. I'm Joe. And I'm Brian. Run with us as we talk training, racing, and everything in between. Welcome to episode 18 of Miles Not Included. This week, we talked to a runner who's looking to take his marathon in global. But first, Miles in Review. Hey, Joe, you running yet? <laughs> Happy Sunday, Brian. I am indeed running, uh, barely, but I'm there. I, I started back this week. I took a little bit extra time off and have started doing some short runs. I actually just knocked out a 15-minute run today. Uh, still not feeling great, but I'm plodding along, hitting all the PT exercises, keeping strong there. Did you talk to your doctor? I know that was one of the things you had talked about last week. Yeah, no, I have not. <laughs> I'm a great patient, right? No follow-up. Yeah, most of us are like that. Yeah. At this point, I feel, I guess, confident that the track I'm on is a good one. Um, what I'm doing is very slowly starting to show results. So I'm just not sure there's much more uh, the doc's going to be able to do for me at this point. So I I want to keep riding this for a while um, and see you know if I can turn that corner because while I can get through the the runs right now I'm still feeling it more than I should it's it's nothing like it was when I uh, shut it down before so the pains maybe I don't know like a two or a three but I can feel it's there and that worries me because you know. If it's a two or three today, that means it could be a three or four tomorrow. But for now, just kind of keep going. I'm looking at every other day. So I think I'm being fairly conservative. And uh, we'll add time as I start to feel better. But again, the focus being on just trying to strengthen everything, fully recovering from the previous work, uh, getting stronger, better flexibility. And we'll see what happens. So have you noticed a change in your flexibility? I know you're self-proclaimed least flexible man in the world. I am. And actually, I'm talking to the folks at Guinness because I, I do believe I can capture that crown. No, I, the flexibility hasn't gotten much better. I would say the str- on the strength side, yes, especially where you're doing those exercises, exercises that are isolating those really small well, all my muscles are small, but really small muscles, you know, in the the glutes and stuff like that. I feel like, okay, now I can get through. I'm not on rep three and it's not burning like crazy. I'm getting to rep 12 or 13 before it's starting to burn. So I, I, I'm happy about that and that's good progress there. So you're going back and trying again, knowing that in the past you've done the same thing. Um, in the past, did you continue to do the strength training and the extra stretching? No, I mean, please. When it when I got back on the road, that stuff fell off pretty quickly. Um, and, and that was one of the things over the winter. I had done a little bit of it, but as we cranked up for uh, St. Louis there and it got closer, I definitely let it, let it fall by the wayside. So what I need to figure out and in, in I'll need to um, – I think figure out how to transition. So it's part of it is you, I seem, I feel like I go from this strength building, like super PT recovery. I was just hurt mode to nothing. I need to figure out what the right 
um, routine would be for maintenance. Because with all the stuff I've got now, I mean, it's just, there's so many exercises you can't possibly do all of the running and all the other things you need to do and all, all that whole routine. So I need to identify what's key there, how many reps, uh, how many sets, you know, so that I can make sure I, it's something that's going to continue to give me the results, but also something that's doable. Yeah. I think that's the case for most runners is that we know we need to be doing more, especially core work. Every runner you talk to says one of the most important things you need to do aside from running is core. I'm guilty of it too, is you, as soon as you're done running, you've maybe you've got time to do a little stretching, but then you've got to get out of there because you've got to, you know, go to work or make dinner or go to bed even. Um, and you just, you make up every excuse not to do it or you simply don't have time for it. So making sure that you work it in is, is usually a big deal. Yeah. And I, I've, been trying to do it at night in front of the TV. <laughs> so that, that takes away one of those excuses. So I'm, you know, try to do the foam rolling and, um, just the light stretching right after the run and then leave more of the, the strength stuff for later. So we'll see how that goes. I'm, I'm giving it the old college try here and, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll get to the point where I can turn that corner and start to run pain free and then start to increase the number of minutes well i'll keep my fingers crossed for you do you still have your eyes on i believe it was the milwaukee marathon this fall? yeah and i'll need to make a decision on that because it looks like it's with chicago the chicago lottery over it seems like folks who didn't get in there are starting to sign up for milwaukee so yeah I'm, i think i'll throw my my uh i'll sign up for that one I asked, I asked Sarah, I said, hey, I'm going to sign up for the marathon for Milwaukee. She just kind of gave me this look like, you can't be serious. So I don't know if that was, like, <laughs> there, you know, there's no way you're going to run it. Why are you, why are you even trying? I, I'm not sure. But, but yeah, she, she said, go ahead, uh, which is good. She, she knows the day will come and, and uh, chances are I'll be hurt. But we'll go for it anyway here. Sometimes you got to give it a try. I was just going to say, but I am all in because over the weekend I sold the road bike that had been sitting in my garage collecting dust for years now. So wow. I don't have a fallback sport at this point. So <laughs> Wow. So no more triathlon visions in your head? Yeah, that vision lasted for about seven minutes. <laughs> no, I'd been sick of looking at the bike. So I finally said, okay, it's a nice day out threw some photos together and put it up on Craigslist. And within three hours, I had the cash in hand and somebody else got a virtually new bike. Wow. Which I'm sure, sure is a unique story, right? How many people bought bikes, watched now, the tour, bought a bike and rode it a few times and then gave it away. Now, did you have you told Sarah that that money is your race entries for the next couple years? <laughs> I think it's. It, I think that's all going to go to the medical, Joe's <laughs> Joe's medical fund at this point. Yeah, no, that's that. That wouldn't be a half bad idea. Well, let me just say that I am jealous of the fact that you were able to run for fifteen minutes today. Uh, my week has not been so kind to me. I was so excited last weekend when we talked about yeah. being able to run on Monday, um, which I did, and it was. It was pretty good. 
Um, it, it never goes as good as you've envisioned it in your head, that first run back. And how far uh, did you go that first one? Uh, five miles. Five, okay. So nothing ridiculous, you know, two weeks after running a marathon, five is still in the wheelhouse. Tuesday, I just didn't have quite as much time, so I did three miles. My pace was a little bit higher for that one. Then came Wednesday. I woke up in the morning, and there was a weird, sharp pain in my knee. Not real pointed pain. Not, I, you know, I can't, I couldn't tell you exactly where it was. Just a little bit below my knee. It was definitely there, though. It was like a little sharp poke every now and then. And I thought maybe something, you know, I slept funny because felt fine all day. Not a hint this was coming. Um, and I decided to go for a run anyway, thinking it'll iron itself out. Maybe, you know, joints a little stiff or something. Made it through the run. I did another five miler. Felt okay during the run. Could still feel it a little bit, but it wasn't real painful. It was just a very slight discomfort. Got home, jumped in the shower, got in the car, drove to work and walking up the stairs at work, shooting little pain below my knee. Don't know what it is or what it was. It slowly started to drift away the rest of the week. I just shut down on running, figuring I'm so early on, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, And, you know, let's let's take care of this. And I wrapped it in ice that night um, and then the next evening as well. And then by Friday, it actually started feeling okay. I could feel it when, if I was walking up a flight of stairs, I'd be fine walking up the stairs. As soon as I hit flat ground on the top and took that first step on flat ground, shooting pain again. But then a couple of steps later, all gone. So I figured I'll shut it down and hopefully run on Sunday. To this point, I haven't run. I feel I could have today. I haven't felt any pain all day today, and I actually did quite a bit of yard work yesterday and today. Yesterday, I thought I felt it at one point very dull, but today felt perfectly fine, and I was going up and down some ladders. I was you know, carrying some stuff around in the backyard, and that all felt fine. So uh, I'm considering going for a short run tomorrow if I wake up and I feel fine just to see how it goes, and hopefully it was just a pinch nerve or something that is still runnable and it's not you know, something more severe. Not really what I wanted right off the bat. That's kind of crazy because you didn't have any hint of that during your buildup. Yeah, nothing. This is not some lingering pain that's always around. It's brand new. Well, I think what we're what we're uh, experiencing right now, Brian, is the podcast, the running podcast curse, where two guys who love to run get together to start talk about just to talk about running, and next thing you know, it there's no more running. We got to break. We got to break this cycle. Yeah. Keep our fingers crossed, right? (laughs) And with that, I think we'll get into the episode, and we'll be back after this. Welcome back. Some people run. Some people run a marathon. Some people will travel for a marathon. Today's guest is looking to do more than just that. He's working towards running a marathon on every continent. Not only that, he has to manage training for this while balancing work and family. Please join me in welcoming Ryan Baseman to the show. How are you doing, Ryan? Doing pretty good, yeah. So, right off the bat, I've got a, a, a pressing question. Joe, how many continents are there? 
Uh-oh. This is like Jeopardy stuff here, Brian. I'm going to go with seven. Oh, I think you're correct. Yes. So, Ryan, you're planning on running on all seven continents. Yeah, that's right. Where'd this idea come from? <laughs> actually, just uh, me and a few friends sitting around uh, one fall, actually probably two or three years ago, uh, three years ago now, and we just, I don't know, started talking about crazy things we should do, and this came up, and uh, it kind of started to stick a little bit more than it should, and <laughs> my uh, wife and, well, I should say our wives kind of stuck with the idea, and, um, and it ended up uh, running a marathon down in South Africa, uh, probably too shortly after. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then, uh, yeah, so we, we just started talking about, you know, it'd be kind of cool to see you know, a couple different places that we've never been. It gives us an excuse to go travel and um, have a kind of a goal in mind, you know, to, to get there as well. So yeah, it'd be kind of fun. So so you've got someone else roped into this too then? Yeah, I've got a few other ones. Uh, so initially it was one of my cousins and then uh, we kind of had uh, so it was one of my cousins and then a really good buddy of mine um, who has family down in South Africa. So we actually had a place to stay and all that. And, yeah, we had kind of an inn and got to tag along. And um, so it was just the, the three of us initially for South Africa. But then uh, this fall, we're actually looking to go to, to England. And we're doing uh, one in the northern part of England, uh, the Keedler. And I'm, I'm sure I'm messing up all these names. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so it, it'll actually probably be uh, one of my other cousins and my other buddy going to England this fall. It's uh, beginning of October, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Kind of think we'd hit a, a continent every year, and we'll see where Antarctica shakes out. <laughs> Probably towards the back. <laughs> so we'll definitely touch on that a little bit more in a few minutes. Um, let's back up. So South Africa, what yeah. marathon was that? So it was in uh, Marsburg, so it's probably about four hours south of Johannesburg. Um yeah, it was a super good time. It was really, really surreal. We flew in probably, I think it was about two days before the race, and uh, got got settled and did a whole bunch of hiking that we probably shouldn't have done and <laughs> ate all sorts of local food, which we probably shouldn't have done. And um, Yeah, and then ended up running the marathon, and it was just a surreal experience. I mean, running with people that, yeah, you know, it, it was just a blast. I mean, um, built some really good friendships, and um, yeah, it's, it's funny, too, because it, on the the website it just described it as a fairly flat marathon but you know i don't know i don't know where you guys are from but wisconsin to me is flat right uh, so flat to me has a different definition than i think a, a lot of uh, other people so when i got to south africa that marathon to me was certainly not flat so it, it hurt but it was a really good time yeah we're we're due south from you we're both outside of chicago so we're yeah. on the same flat as you yeah, the actual flat, flat. Exactly. Yep. So how big is the marathon out there? Is it a big event? Is it a you know, mid-sized race, small race? Yeah, it's, I'd say it's probably medium. Uh, there's probably, I don't know, 2,000 people when I ran it. Uh, it started really early in the morning, kind of even before the sun came up. And uh, it was funny, I was reading the marathon description, they talked about having like a, a cannon start, you know, and I thought that was kind of figurative, like lost in translation kind of stuff, right? And so it's like just getting light out and like I'm still groggy. I mean, it was real early in the morning and all of a sudden like a literal cannon just goes off and like <laughs> I just about lost it right there. I mean, I wish I would have had a heart rate graph at the beginning of the marathon because I'm sure it, it spiked. Yeah, it was, it was cool. 
So what are the temperatures like? I always think of South Africa as being hot. Yeah. Yeah, so South Africa actually wasn't too bad. Um, so it was end of February. So um, yeah, it was, I want to say probably 70s when I ran. So it, it wasn't so, it wasn't too bad. I mean, it's so far south that, um, you know, I think it's far enough away from the equator that it was, it was runnable. <laughs> They serve anything unique on the course in terms of beverage or uh, anything else? Yeah, they did. It's something I had never seen. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, they might be they might use these on other parts of the states, but like they had little plastic bags of water, and like you just ripped open the top with the, your teeth and sucked out the water that way. And um, so that was new to me. I don't know if they have those other places in the states. But then the other thing is they had a whole bunch of just baked potatoes on the course, just you know, doused in salt, which was also new to me so yeah wow potatoes i can't say i've ever heard of that before yeah it, i don't know i mean it was just all out in a plate and you know people were just grabbing them off the plate and it didn't look like the most uh sanitary <laughs> way to distribute food but i mean it seemed to it seemed to work for everybody else so so did you pass on the potatoes then i probably should have but i know i didn't <laughs> so then moving on you've done South Africa. What other continents have you completed so far? Uh, we I've done uh, two here in the states as well. Okay, which races in the states? Uh, both were the Wisconsin Marathon down in Kenosha. So I, I did the the Wisconsin. So that was actually my first marathon I've ever done. Was the Kenosha Marathon? I think it was about five years ago, almost five years ago. Um, and then uh, I actually just did the Kenosha Marathon yesterday as well. So yeah, so only the only the one in Kenosha here in the states. So you said the first one was about five years ago. How long ago was South Africa? Uh, it was two years ago. Okay. So then from here out, you plan on doing a year per continent? Yeah, that was the thought. We were going to do last year. Uh, we're going to actually plan for England, but it just kind of fell through with uh, one of my cousin's work schedules and stuff, so it just didn't work out. So it's on the on the docket for, for this year. So. So how did traveling to South Africa affect your race preparation? I know a lot of people go, you know, and they'll try and stay off their feet and they're, they're only doing things that they've done every day along the way. And I've got to imagine sitting on the plane for quite a while. And as you mentioned, you know, trying food that you'd never had before and hiking areas you'd never had before. How did that affect you come race day? Yeah, so... But it's actually probably the hardest part was that, you know, I had to train through the Midwest winter here, you know, so I I wasn't probably as prepared as I would have liked to have been. But then even, yeah, it's it's about, a, I want to say it was like a 20-hour flight over there from Chicago. And then uh, when we got there, you know, obviously we wanted to make the best use of our time in South Africa. So we ended up, you know, hiking through the Drakensberg Mountains and, you know, yeah, we we were on our feet way too much. You know, and they had a huge barbecue for us, like the family we stayed with, like, it was two nights before the race, and yeah, it was all sorts of things that we shouldn't have been doing, but we did anyway, just because we had to get wanted to have a good time, enjoy our time over there. It's stuff you don't really think about, and as you said, you're there, you have to take part in it. How long were you there before the race so you could acclimate? Yeah, we were only there about two or three days before the race, so you know, it, it was kind of we we're trying to figure out what we want to do the race early on you know, and get it out of the way and then enjoy. So we were there for about a week and a half, you know, or do we want to do it late in the, you know, to stay and just decided to try to get it over with right away. And so, yeah, I got it over with right away. And then we packed in the rest of the time, just traveling around and 
seeing different sites and going on safaris and yeah, it's a really good, really good time. Yeah. I've never run outside of the country, but I've got to imagine you did it the right way. When I travel within the States, I do the same thing. I try and get my race out of the way, you know, acclimate, do the race and then spend the rest of the time sightseeing and all that. Yeah. Yep. You said next is England. Can you tell us a little bit about that race and how you picked it? Yeah. So I wanted one that I could, you know, we could train through summer with, so I didn't have to run in winter and do my long runs in, in the snow. And the Keeler marathon was one of the only ones that, you know, was kind of early fall uh, over there. And, um, that's just kind of, you know, there really wasn't much to it other than just timing and schedule for that one. So do you have any goals when you choose these races? Do you go for a time or is it just, do you go to complete? Yep, just go to complete. Yeah, I'm I'm a hack runner at best. I I do it more for the social aspect and, you know, having a goal out there that I can hit and uh, work towards. And yeah, no, it, it's really just, if I can finish, I've, I've completed and I've, I've got my time, but how do you plan your races going forward from England? Since you've got, you'll have four continents left. How do you yeah. decide what's next? Yeah. So we're kind of thinking South, South America would probably be next just because logistically it's probably the easiest. And my wife and I's kids are, you know, at the age yet where, you know, I don't want to be gone quite too long yet. Um, but you know, so if we did South America next year and then we'd probably hit, uh, Australia and, and kind of probably in China, in one year, like maybe the following year or two. And then uh, obviously the last one being Antarctica, just kind of hanging out there. So we'll see. <laughs> so I, I definitely want to touch on Antarctica a bit. Um, have you really thought that one through? I, I've just got to imagine that's <laughs> that's got to be a crazy race. Yeah. So like most of this, I really haven't thought it through very well. <laughs> We've been kind of just winging it a little bit. But Antarctica, I think they actually have two or three marathons on it. There's one that's on a, a, kind of one of the islands off kind of the edge of Antarctica. I think that logistically is probably the easiest one to do, but, um, you know, any of them aren't easy, right? You know, just getting down there takes forever. I mean, it's, it's pretty expensive and it, it takes a long time to get down there and, you know, weather permitting and all that stuff. Yeah. It, yeah that one wouldn't be easy, but I don't know. It's one of those places that I always wanted to see and, you know, it'd be really cool to, to do that. I mean, I don't think there's too many people that can, say that they've run marathons down there and the only thing is i know that that's actually getting more popular and i think the the waiting list on a lot of those races kind of down in that area have have really uh kind of increased and gotten pretty big ryan what does your wife think about this crazy mission you're on oh she knew she's she knew what she's getting into years ago when we got married so um (laughs) she's completely supportive she's been amazing and just wonderful so yeah, she knows uh, I get crazy whims, not just in running, but in everything in life. And, you know, she's, yeah, she's been amazingly supportive. That's, so. aw- that's awesome. And such a healthy pursuit, not only you know, for yourself, obviously, personally, but also a great example to show your kids what can be done. Yeah. Yeah, that's really the other you know, reason I kind of wanted to do this, right? You know, it's, I think it's really important to, to have a goal, pick a goal, and then show, you know, the kids how to you know, that you work towards the goal and, you know, you, you try as best you can to, to hit some of those goals. So, yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. So let's talk about yesterday. Yeah. You, you ran a little marathon. How'd that go? It went, yeah, it went really well. So the weather turned out to be just gorgeous. I mean, it was pretty, pretty cool in the morning when we started and it got a little warm towards the end, but, um, yeah, it, there's a nice, 
so the, the marathon was right along the lake, Lake Michigan there, and there's a really nice breeze coming off the lake, and yeah, it, it was a really good time. Um, I ran it with one of the guys that up, were signed up for England together, so one of my cousins, and um, yeah, we so we were just kind of using this as a somewhat of a practice practice one and something to kind of train through winter, and yeah, it went it went great. So did you actually run together during the race, or are you just both in the event? No, oh, we ran together. Yeah, we we trained together and we ran together. So yeah. that's that's pretty awesome. So do you plan on running with him for these other events, or was this kind of a one time because you're looking at it as a training run? No, I plan on running together. You know, as with the other events as well. I mean, I, I think a big part of it for for me and you know for the, some of the guys I run with is it is a social aspect of it, right? You know. Like getting together and planning some of the stuff around, you know, the different races and putting together a training schedule, and you know, the, I don't know. There's just a lot of enjoyment in just doing that stuff, you know, even before you get to the running part. So, you know, it's, it's always been pretty important to to do that with the different people I run with. So, that's a nice way to do it. I know um, I've tried to do that for a few marathons, and then inevitably we get towards the end, you know, that twenty, twenty-one yeah. mile, and then things get interesting. Have yep. you had that happen? Yeah, no, there's, yeah, there was a few points even yesterday where uh, both of us were having, you know, times of a little bit of struggle, you know, <laughs> like you've been on your feet for a long time and, you know, the wheels are starting to come off, the check engine light's starting to blink a little bit and yeah, no, it, uh, yeah, that is, that does make it difficult, but yeah, it's just a decision we'd kind of made and uh, kind of stuck with. So can you tell us a little bit about the training that you did for Kenosha? Yeah, so um, one of the things we had done is uh, I, I used uh, runkeeper.com, and they had a couple of training plans off of there and uh, selected one and um, just kind of modified it to put a little bit more emphasis on some of the longer, slow runs. And uh, we have some really good trails by us in this area, and um, him and I, a lot of Friday afternoons, would uh, get together and just pound out a couple miles you know, through the long runs. And you know, it got to the point where, Really, we just really look forward to, you know, those Friday afternoon, evening training runs. And, yeah, so the training had a little bit more emphasis on some of the longer longer runs. Um, probably not as much speed work as I should have mixed in, but you know, I'm hoping this summer to kind of throw in a lot more of that. So, yeah, it just gets – it does get difficult when there's snow on the ice in the road and, you know, it, trying to do stuff on the treadmill gets, gets old. So um, I'm probably looking to be a little bit more serious about my training in the summer. So. Sure. So touch on that a little bit. Being up in Green Bay, I know that it it's known as the frozen tundra. Um, how do you handle running through the snow and the ice? Yeah, so it, it is yeah, it is pretty hard. I, you know, I think last year, for example, we had uh, 52 days that were below zero degrees Fahrenheit, you know, and that's without wind chill. So, like, obviously there's just an excessive amount of cold, icy days, and um, I... I do a lot of the treadmill, you know, running when I have to. But even then, I'd much rather prefer running outside. So I know I've used yak tracks and uh, different, you know, types of things like that. And obviously, just bundling up, you know, you can hack it out. But yeah, the the snow and the ice they do get hard to run on. You know, a lot of times you have to run on the road versus the sidewalk, and you know, like it's a little iffy a lot of times. So yeah. So talking about things getting iffy, I believe you mentioned you've had some uh, strange happenings on some of your training runs. 
Yeah, we had a couple good ones. So even one of the, the Friday training runs we had, this was this is actually our first. So we did actually uh, two 20-mile runs. I know most training plans don't really call for that. But our first one, it was still pretty cold outside. And um, we did it later in the afternoon where it was starting to get dark out. And we had parked uh, at this parking lot next to the trail in Green Bay downtown. And so we finished up the run, and we're going to get in the, in the you know, our cars. And um, Dan, my the buddy that I was running with, he had lost his key. So he had no key to get in. And, you know, it's starting to get cold, and, when you know, we stop stop running. Obviously, all the sweat and stuff. You start getting pretty cold pretty quick, you know. So I'm like, I'll do it. You know, don't worry, man. I'll just I'll bring you back home. You know, it's it's cool. Well, you know, we'll get your extra you know spare key, and you know, I'll, it'll it'll be fine. Well, I jump in my jeep and go to turn the key on, and like just hear click 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 click. You know, no no juice. So you know, my jeep was completely dead. His car was you know locked out. You know, it's getting cold out. It's completely dark. <laughs> you know, thankfully I. I ran with my cell phone so I was able to call my wife and you know she came and got us and we got a hold of his wife and um, <laughs> we ended up going out for Mexican food and it turned out to be a pretty good time but it was just <laughs> like it was such a you know such a sinking feeling you know when you start to get cold and none of the cars start and the last thing you want to be doing is standing outside you know waiting to get home and you know getting the feet up so yeah it was, <laughs> And and at that point, obviously you're you're tired too, so it's not like you could be quickly run home or anything, because I'm sure you were you put, sort of gotten all your miles out of the way already. So yeah, yeah, was, we were both pretty uh, carb deficient, so yeah, a little hangry. <laughs> That's where the as you said, the Mexican food fits right in. Oh yeah, it was delicious. Never tasted better. <laughs> so jumping back to Kenosha, um, since you had run it five years ago. And then you ran it again this year. Had they changed the course or anything in that time? No, it was the same same course that I remembered. So yeah, it didn't didn't seem like uh, they had done much to it at all. So it's a it's a really good really good course. It goes north out of Kenosha. Uh, there's some little rollers, um, nothing too serious. And then uh, you run with the you know the half marathoners, and then you kind of come back down past the the starting and finishing line, and and then you just run south. And it's it's pretty flat, so and right along the lake, so it's it's really pretty. And and you mean true flat? Yeah, true flat, Wisconsin flat. <laughs> so being a Wisconsin race, did and being from Green Bay, did you race with a cheesehead? I did not race with the cheesehead. I ran with several people that had cheeseheads on, though. So yeah, had, <laughs> we had to stick together for a little while. I guess that's close enough. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's a big thing at that race. Is they do they still do a start corral for anyone with a cheese head? Oh, you know, I, I don't know if they did or not. I, yeah, I don't know. I know they used to do that, and it was they would get anyone who had it in the front, and it made for a great picture of the gun going off and people start running and all those cheese heads. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that is pretty cool. You do all this training for these marathons while having a job and having kids how do you how do you balance all that yeah you know honestly the running and you know so i've I've gotten into running and a lot of the different endurance events you know like with biking and mountain bike and road biking and all that as well and you know if anything i've over the years it's really helped me kind of keep all the other stuff in check right you know i i'm must kind of have a software development background so i'm at a desk a lot of a lot of time and you know when i got into running you know i was 
you know, finished up my master's and like my wife and I just had kids and like life was just crazy. Right. And, you know, I, I started using running as an, just an outlet, right. To get away and, you know, you know, burn a few miles and forget about, you know, what was going on at work and, you know, just relax. And, you know, it really, really kind of caught on, you know, I, once I finished school and the kids started getting a little bit older, um, the different goals and stuff, you know, setting a goal and having it work towards just, it became kind of addictive. Right. And, you know, I found that a lot of the communities around endurance events, you know, running and biking, you know, there's just, there's really strong camaraderie, right. You know, it's just a really good time. So, you know, over the years, I've gotten to be really close with, you know, a lot of different people in those groups and it's just kind of hard to, you know, not do it. Right. You know, it's just kind of become part of my routine. And, you know, like I said, sitting all day, you know, it's, you know, I, I have to do something right. You know, and running and biking is what it comes out. So how does your family take to the running? Do you, do they go to any races or do you ever have the kids out with you on the runs or anything? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've actually did our first uh, 5k last year as a family and uh, my daughter, she'll be nine uh, this, this spring and my son, uh, he's, he'll be eight this fall. And yeah, we, and my wife, yeah, we went out and, uh, just a little, one of the glow runs. So they had the, all the, the glow sticks and it was a really good time. You know, it, I don't know if they grasped the, the concept of pacing yet and you know, <laughs> holding back, but yeah, when we started, you know, they're all like a cannon and <laughs> it burned out pretty quick, but yeah, it's, no, they've, they've been, you know, joining me quite a bit and we have a whole bunch of really good mountain biking trails as well. And you know, we hit those up quite a bit too, as a family. So Nice. Yeah. It's always great when you can involve everyone especially where it's such a big part of your life. You know, I think it helps to rub off on the kids and it lets them know what daddy's doing while, you know, he's out of the house. So yeah. I think it's definitely a positive. Yeah. You know, and, and just showing kids that, you know, there's so much more than just playing video games and, you know, sitting around. I mean, you getting out and doing some of those things. It's, I mean, it's a blast, you know, like I, I love, you know, Xbox just as much as, you know, most people, I suppose. But, you know, it, if you can balance that with, you know, getting outside and running around and, you know, I think there's a, it helps kids figure out a, a healthy balance, right? You know, exposing them to that. So speaking of technology, being an engineer into soft, you know, software development, do you employ much technology in your running? <laughs> yeah, that's probably one of the other reasons that I like uh, running, right? I mean, because like it, it helps feed kind of the gadget uh, freak that I, I kind of tend to be, you know, I, I think there's been times where I've had two or three GPSs on me, you know, between my phone and my watch and, you know, so like just being able to try out different technologies and, you know, especially in recent years with like Strava and RunKeeper and all those websites and programs. I mean, like it's just blowing up as far as all the different ways that you can track and analyze data. And yeah, no, that's, that's a, a big part of why I keep running as well. I mean, you know, Strava with their segments and, you know, just being able to compete with other local runners and bikers is, is really cool. What GPS are you most, do you use most often? Yeah. So I actually switched to uh, Wahoo. So I have a Wahoo ticker and then it actually uses the Wahoo app on my phone. So it's using the GPS on my phone, but then I, I usually use, uh, I got a Fitbit surge uh, a couple a month or two ago and, and I've used that as well, but that's not as, it doesn't seem like it's quite as accurate as, you know, like a Garmin or some of those, but, um, yeah, those are the, the two I'm using right now, the Wahoo and the, the fitness. Yeah. The, the surge. Are you using the surge to track other activities too? 
Yeah, I use it primarily for just the pedometer, right? You know, again, the whole competition thing uh, with family, you know, a bunch of my family members have Fitbits and, yeah, the whole challenge thing. So, yeah, no, I, I use that primarily for the pedometer. It's a, it's really a great evolution, as you pointed out, The to see these tools coming together to, you know, previously you would never have gotten into a competition with your family for how many steps you could take in a day. But because of these new tools and that they're so accessible and they're not very invasive, that it really lends itself to bring people together to do some of these. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a good time. In terms of technology, is there anything else that you use aside from the websites and the GPS? Or even beyond that, do you use your Fitbit to do any of the other monitoring, such as sleep or any other activities like that? Heart rate. Yeah, I use the. I like the resting heart rate that comes out of the Fitbit Surge. That's been pretty interesting, just to see over time, you know, the different trends and try to correlate that with different, like maybe diet patterns or stress in life. And uh, it, you know, a lot of those tools enable self experimentation, right? You know, so you can kind of see, you know, what is like if I eat this, what happens to my heart rate on a run, or you know, if I have these projects going on at work, you know, how am I sleeping the, the next couple nights? So you're kind of closing that little feedback loop of, you know, if I try this, then this, you know. So, yeah, I there, there's some really cool stuff that, you know, you, we can do now with, like you said, very non-invasive tools that are out there. So did you figure any of that information into your training or did you, you know, keep track of how you how your sleep changed as you were training for Kenosha? Yeah, so sleep. We, we really hadn't um, a lot of it right now is, is kind of reactive for me so like I'm, I'm I'm doing stuff and then I can look back but I haven't been able to really correlate to be able to make you know too many proactive changes yet so I'm still kind of playing around with a lot of that but I'm still waiting for an app that would really bring all that information together visually it's I think we're almost there but I haven't yeah. seen one that really does it to show all of your information, you know, and there's such powerful tools out there today. I'm also a tech guy. So I know a lot about, um, the large scale servers and the grids that, you know, just churn through data after data after data. So, you know, monitoring everything about you. And I know that now they have Wi-Fi scales and, you know, to incorporate some of that stuff and put that against how your mileage you know, week to week while training, I think it would be absolutely amazing for someone to finally draw that in and, you know, be able to see how you progress. Yeah, that does seem like the missing link, right? You know, how do you visualize all that data and how do you make correlations and analysis on top of that data? I've seen there's a guy out in California, I think, I think he's a pretty strong UI designer, and he actually made like a prototype site where he did that. You know, he pulled from all the different uh, APIs and different uh, data sources to kind of bring all that data together but you know i don't think it i don't know if it ever went anywhere but yeah i I agree you know it seems like that is the next step right you know how do you bring that data together you know across nutrition across sleeping across you know heart rate to activity you know to weight and some of the scales and how do you show that and you know like with the apple watch and some of those things that you know i think it'll help push push the market forward and on you know that that gap i think that is a great point the apple watch you know i think that's somewhat of a game changer. I think it's really going to draw a lot of this technology into the mainstream. You know, Fitbit's 
around and you hear fairly regularly, but I think with Apple watch and everything that they're promising with that, that it's going to put it in the forefront and you're going to see all these other companies. I mean, a lot of people think Garmin is kind of behind the times with their technology, but I think that in order to keep up, they're going to have to take a step forward. So I think this is really going to help with that information. Yeah. You know, and Apple has, you know, they've historically been pretty good about presenting you know, mm-hmm. information. So I'm, I'm really excited to see you know, what they do with that. So quickly getting back to running, um, do you have any tips for anybody else who may be looking to run on all seven continents? <laughs> uh, probably plan a little bit better than I am, actually. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's so many resources on the Internet to, to be able to do some of these things now. I mean, you just do a little bit of research and, you know, just in the running community in general, you know, you reach out to different people in those areas that you're looking to run. I mean, people are, you know, very open to being you know, engaged and you know, answering questions and, yeah, I mean, just, you know, try to try to reach out to some people in the, in the different areas. You know, even like England, uh, we've, you know, been in touch with a couple of people out there and like they set up, you know, set us up with agendas and places to see and how to get around and, you know, things to, to do. And yeah, I mean, just reach out to different peoples in those communities. Yeah, I, I think it's a great goal. And, you know, I think it's going to be great for your kids to see you accomplish this feat over the next couple of years. Yeah. So how can people follow your progress? Uh, yeah, so I'm on Twitter at R-Y-I-B-A-S, and I have a very uh, somewhat updated blog at middleoftech.com. You know, and the blog is usually a scattering of tech things to fitness things to family things to whatever's on my mind. So, Well, thanks for joining us today, and we definitely look forward to following your, your upcoming adventures. Yeah, thanks a lot, you guys. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. Joe is at McRunner26, and I am at RunGooseRun. Until next week, keep your shoes tied and your feet moving. Want more info on the podcast? Head over to MilesOnIncluded.com. Are you on Twitter? We are too. Find us at MNI Podcast. Any questions, comments, or even like to be a guest on the show? Hit us up at podcast at MilesNotIncluded.com. Podcast.